room that looks like a place you'd put someone in solitary confinement in the back of Capital One Arena right now, following the Wizards' 101-87 to win over the Pistons, where they really led by double digits the entire way. They killed them early. The Pistons made it a little bit interesting by making it a 12- or 14-point game in the fourth and never got even closer than that. The Wizards led by 20-something early in the game and played a really good game when the Pistons just kind of played a depressing slog of basketball. I'm Fred Katz. I cover the Wizards for The Athletic. I guess you need to introduce yourself, right? No, but I did now. And, uh, and I host Wizards After Dark. <laughs> and I'm here with, I think you were the first ever guest. Was that the first ever Wizards After Dark guest? I think you were. Well, I think that would be more of a reaction. They played in the preseason. And that was was that their first preseason game? Was it was it the team's first preseason game? It was one of the preseason. It games. seems like that was so long ago, doesn't it? Yeah. Like I think about all the stuff that's happened to the Wizards since then, the preseason, and I think about all the things that happened to the Pistons since then. Yeah. Well, intro- introduce yourself ago. and tell my listeners where they can find all your stuff first. I'm Vincent Ellis, Detroit Free Press Pistons beat writer. Uh, you can find my stuff at freep.com, or you can follow me on Twitter at Vincent underscore Ellis 56, my high school football number. And Is that why it's 56? Yeah, so I, I gotta, I, when you're doing this thing, the number pops up, 56, I put, and 56 is my number that always pops up in my head because I played high school football poorly. I should I should repeat that. So no nobody Google to see if I had like any sweet stats down in Alabama back in the day or back uh, thirty years ago. <laughs> uh, but I was a bad football player. But that was my high school football number. Here's here's an embarrassing confession. When uh, when when I had an AIM screen name and I had to create one in AIM. Yeah. AIM. AOL AIM. AOL. Wow. Throwback. Uh, when I had my with the, with the dial up and everything with the. <laughs> Did you yeah. have that too? Of course I had that, yeah. <laughs> and I had to have him. I was in fifth or sixth grade creating my screen name, and I'm, I, I'm still a Yankee fan, and I was just a totally, completely obsessed with the Yankees. Baseball was my favorite sport growing sure. up. And I grew up, I became a baseball fan in the mid-90s in New York, so obviously I was a Yankees fan, and obviously I was a Jeter fan, so I named my screen name Jeter Fan, and Jeter Fan was taken, so I was like, I need a number. So I made it Jeter Fan 0626-7496, for his birthday and his rookie year. His birthday and my friends. Wow. Eventually, when I got old enough, I was embarrassed enough about that that I changed. I changed it to a more normal AIM screen name. But my friends will still reference Jeter Fan O six two six seven four nine six. I'm impressed they remember but all I, the numbers. Oh, I always remember numbers. Speaking of numbers, by the way, transition. Trevor Ariza had twenty twelve and four. Uh, Bradley Beal off shooting night four for twelve in the field, sixteen points. Bruce Blake. Brown did a good job defending him. We're yeah. looking for the positive for the Pistons. Yeah, <laughs> rookie Bruce Brown did a good job defending Bradley Beal. Yeah, and the Pistons, the Pistons threw everything at Beal, and Beal was kind of reluctant to shoot because of that, but he did a pretty good job passing out of traps. Sure. And Beal, this is like the first game since Wall went down that I felt like. He wasn't bad tonight. He didn't shoot great, but he, he played pretty well. But I felt like he oh, was God. not the guy who had – this is what happens when you po- when you podcast after games. People walking in and out. Uh, I, I feel like this was the first game that he played after Wall where he didn't have – whether it was because he shot great or because he shot not as well as he normally does, he didn't have by far the largest impact of the game of any wizard on the floor. Like well, it was more of a community effort. Well, tonight. isn't that the deal with the wizards? Uh if John Wall goes away, they show the ball better, and the team plays better. Is that the narrative? That's the, that's the narrative I read out of Washington all the time when I read your stuff and other people's stuff. Hey, they are, they've won 7 of 10 now. It's been 11 without a wall. They're 7 and 4 without wall. The, uh, the plus-minus for that wall continues to go up. Uh, heading into tonight, they were 
uh, 6.8 points per 100 possessions better without John Wall. Is that sample size or is that no. legit, uh, it's legit. A, a legit stat? It's legit. And and I wrote a story on this about a week and a half ago. I think I read the story, yeah. which is what I'm referencing. Well, so there you go. So my thing is that last year the narrative kind of pervaded that they were better without John Wall. And you looked at all the numbers and you looked at all the evidence and none of it said that that was true. It said the exact opposite was true, that they were better with John Wall. They were like almost six points per 100 possessions better when John Wall was on the floor, which is a very consequential size. Significant. Very sig- That's not like a, eh, maybe. They were significantly better with John Wall on the floor. And with the way that Brooks uses Wall, he normally plays with starters. And so, yeah, he's got better players on the floor with him when he's out there. But he also goes against starters, which means that it's harder for him. He's going up against better players. He can't just pound reserves like sometimes Bradley Beal can, which can bring up his numbers because he's going up against second units when Brooks, when Brooks staggers him. And so last year, they were better with John Wall. I think, I think the narrative is not they're better without John Wall. I think it's they're better without the version of John Wall that showed up this year. And John Wall, and they're at John Wall's age and aware, you're wondering if that good John Wall will ever return. And that's a problem with uh, Wizards because when you consider his big contract kicks in next season, correct? The problem with what you just said is that all of my listeners just jumped out a window and they're not going to be able to listen to the rest of this podcast. I mean, but that's the issue. That's yeah. the rub. Yes, I mean, it is. You, we saw uh, the Pistons kind of like a low-rent version of John Wall out there Jackson, who, who is, a, <laughs> is basically a shell of him for himself in 2015-16. Whatever you want to say about him, uh, he can't. Uh, he was polarizing when he was a good basketball player. Now that he can't play at all. People are completely killing him, but at least their problem goes away after next year uh, when he couples up the books. Uh, but the Wizards could potentially have a problem. They still have another four or five years to go. Yes, they do. I mean, that four-year estimated $171 million extension starts next year, and it's really the injury that I think brings the most concern. But let's let's talk positive for a little bit because sure. the Wizards are playing. You want to bring your readers back to your podcast. Yes, yes, and also you know what? I'm a positive guy, and the Wizards are playing legitimately good basketball. They, they are. They killed Detroit. They like they, they killed them. And, and, and I Detroit's know appear that's a team that they're fighting for eight, seven, exactly. or whatever. And so it was a good win for them. Um, and to try to make be more positive for the Wizards, the Pistons' goal of trying to make the playoffs with a capped out roster is not going well, and the Wizards trying to make the eight or seven seed. Uh, with a capped out roster, it looks like they might be able to do it because you know they probably can catch Charlotte, right? They might can get the eight or seventh seed. Now, I don't, I don't have confidence that Miami can, they can catch Miami. So Miami, Charlotte are Brooklyn. there to be had, and they I, don't know, I, I think Brooklyn look like they might be for real though. Like Brooklyn, Brooklyn is they have nice young players. They do. They're extremely well coached. The Pistons fans who listening to this are mad now because I'm mentioning Pistons Dinwiddie and they basically gave <laughs> the Pistons gave Dinwiddie away for nothing. Uh, he's, good. <laughs> he's a good basketball player. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, what you saw today? Could the Pistons use Spencer Dinwiddie? Oh my God, they have so they have the worst guard play in the league. I was talking about this with uh, Chase Hughes, who I sit next to in the games. Like sure. I think, I think they have the worst guard play in the NBA. That might be a. You know what? I'm not going to argue that. You know, if nothing else, you know, I used to defend Reggie Jackson back when he was a solid player, and I would say I would list the point guards in the league better than him. And, you know, it would be like in 15, 16, probably like 12, 13 point guards better than him. Now, I think you might go through the whole league, like the 29, 28, 30. He, he truly, I mean, like, 
Who's the Suns starting a point guard? I think that might be the only team. Yeah, but they at least have Devin Booker. Yeah, they have Devin Booker, and they can like at least have someone that can run stuff through and stuff. But whoever their point guard is, that guy, whoever they start on a given night, Reddy Jackson might be better than that guy. And that might be it. But Booker is like basically the guy running their offense. Exactly. Right? So that's yeah. So it's a moot point. That's yeah. The Suns was like Orlando is a team you could talk about. You know what? I think I might rather DJ Augustin now. The Pistols had him at one time. Yeah, you got DJ Augustin because he can shoot it a little yeah. bit at least. Forty eight can score. Forty eight can score. Um, they have Reggie Bullock, who's a nice player, who are sort of the two, but they just don't Bullock's have even like a wing, not even like an initiator. He's they just, don't have a play shoot. Yeah. And like a matter of fact, uh, it's no secret the Pistons would love to have Bradley Bill on their team. That's one of the things. If you talk to them about people, they would like to uh, be looking at if he were to become available. They're they're transparent about it. I mean, like yeah, Bradley Bill would be good if he throw him on the Pistons. The Pistons would be a whole lot better because they'd have another person who could uh, take pressure away from Blake Griffin, another guy who can initiate offense. But they desperately don't They don't have it. They don't have it, and they have a bunch of, as you put it, bad guards dribbling around out there. Yeah, and it just becomes so obvious. I mean, another thing I was thinking about during the game, because Blake is just, he's great. He's awesome. He's and he's having him a nice, nice year, all-star. He's back to being what he was. Yeah, in some ways, like, He's not even what he was because style. Uh, Scott Brooks was talking about a pregame. Correct. He's not the and, overwhelming athlete. Just right. Now he's more of a blow the rim, uh, smart basketball player and plays the game. Uh, the best playmaker as far as like seeing the floor. It's, it's, it's crazy how much they depend on him. And when he doesn't, when he's not on the floor, their offense just craters because they can't do anything without him. So it's kind of sad, actually. You know, uh, it's almost as if when the Pistons made that trade, they thought they were ready for Blake Griffin. They really weren't. Yeah, they so thought they were like a piece away from being having something, and really they weren't. Uh, Blake's been amazing, but they still have a long way to go, and they still have this amazing player, and it's like they're going to waste these good years of this guy who worked on his body, got himself healthy, worked on his game to change his game, and it, like it might be for nothing. So he is by far their best passer and playmaker. Yes. How many other teams, the only one I can think of is Denver, how many other teams have their by far best passer and playmaker as a big man? I guess like Denver with Jokic. Embiid is pretty good, but obviously Ben Simmons, ben Simmons, Simmons is their best playmaker. Um, uh, I don't think there is one. I don't think there's – I think you're, you're correct. That's and, it. That's and, it. So and what's so interesting is that Denver has a really good offense, but I think it might be because Jokic is just – the best passing big man and, but since they have fill in the blank. These other wings like Jamal Murray and um, the Michigan State guy, what's his name? Uh, blah blah blah, blah, blah blank. Uh, the, the shooting guard, uh, Gary Harris. Yeah. They have these good wings who are creative and can score and do things. Millsap's great passer. Millsap's a great passer, so they have all these weapons and stuff. So that's why they're so potent offensively. Yeah. Is Monty right? Morris leading the league in well, uh, is this a turnover issue? I well, think. Well, think about it. I mean, the first two possessions. Of the game for the Pistons, Blake finds Bruce Brown for a layup, misses it. He finds an opportunity for a layup, misses it. I mean, it's kind of like that's the Pistons season in the, in the microcosm. Blake finds these guys are open, and they can't do anything to take advantage of the attention that he draws. Yeah, I want to talk Trevor Ariza for a sec. So Trevor Ariza tonight, 20 points, 4 assists, 12 boards, season high in rebounds. One really interesting, he was 2-5 from 3 and 7 for 13 from the field. He played really well. And one thing that I think is super interesting, super early after they traded for Trevor Ariza, I think it was the first game after they traded for Trevor Ariza, Scott Brooks didn't stagger lineups, and he put out this 
like awful lineup for about two minutes that just went horribly. And it ended with Ariza and Jan Mahimi running a pick and roll. Mahimi rolled. Ariza got trapped, which I don't even know if the defense was like supposed to trap because like there is no way they had a specific coverage against the Trevor Ariza Jan Mahimi pick and roll. <laughs> he probably wasn't very high on the scouting board. Exactly. They, they trapped. Ariza was just like, oh God. And he tries to bounce pass to Mahimi, and the ball gets intercepted, and he turns it over, and it's just absolutely hideous. That lineup, I scored like 8-0, and then Scott Brooks was like, okay, we got to get a starter back in there. I forget who he put in, and he ended it. And it was this like really bad all-bench lineup. And I was like, man, this lineup was so bad that they were running in a Reza pick and roll. Oh, man, mellow to the Bulls? <laughs> this is live podcasting. Woes just broke mellow to the Bulls? You would think that would be a bull's bout and something's going on there and he's going to catch on somewhere else, right? I mean, why would the bulls meet Mellow? Right? Yeah. You would, figure, a you would figure that would help be a bout coming there. That wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you got news there on the podcast. I mean, unless they just... That was the beep you heard. I had to look down and I said it was... Woke. I figured it was a Woj bomb, right? You when yeah. you phone beep, and it was a Woj bomb. Always. Every time. <laughs> and you, you're terrified of something involving your team. Exactly. <laughs> this incredible feeling of anxiety. <laughs> that, <laughs> it's like Woj roulette. The Chicago the reporters have that feeling of anxiety right now. <laughs> exactly. Man, that's weird. That has to be what it is, right? You would think that that has to be a bio coming, right? Yeah, probably. Because, like, unless Chicago just thinks they're going to sell tickets, they stink. But Maybe, what? he didn't sell tickets or, Yeah, he does. Don't underestimate. I mean, I covered him last year. Don't under sell tickets. Don't underestimate. Of course he's bad. But don't underestimate how famous Melo is. He's one of the five most famous players in the NBA. I don't have no doubt about that. But, come on. Tickets. Yeah, I bet you he sells tickets. People, I, I have. I have. Mellow fans are obsessed. And I'm sitting here know. talking that smack, and then the next thing you know, um, Bulls is going to tweet, and the, he's nearing. He will. He will be bought out by the Bulls and sign a deal with the Pistons. And I would be like, <laughs> I would suck the air out of me right there. <laughs> <laughs> they need a watch. Coming out of the Wizards. They, uh, or you're going to suck the air out of you right now. <laughs> That's true. They need offense. Um, I want to finish my point on Trevor Ariza, though. Sure, I'm sorry. My bad. I just no, 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 no. That was worth it. That was worth it. Uh, Trevor, Trevor Ariza has been doing, since I mocked that pick and roll on this podcast after that game, Trevor Ariza has been doing stuff. He's swinging the ball. He's moving. He's he, They're actually running occasional pick and rolls with him, not with Jan Mahimi, but they're running occasional pick and rolls with him, not calling plays for it, but he's he's running them within the offense when, when it naturally happens. He's doing okay. Like He's averaging almost, I think, more than four assists a game now with the Wizards. He is a pro, and that's what pros do. He knows how to play. Um, that's why when the it didn't work out with the Suns, there was a pretty hefty market for him. I know that I know, I know the Pistons at least made a call. Uh, I asked earlier, uh, how would Bradley Bill look on the Pistons roster? How would Trevor Reza look on the Pistons roster? He, their roster would probably be a little bit better if they had him. So um, he is a professional. Guys played a while, been a part of winning teams, knows how to play the game. So that doesn't surprise me in the least that Trevor Reza has turned out to be an effective player for you guys. Yeah, he's been good. 
He's been good for them. He hasn't shot the ball great. His shooting percentages aren't great, but he's done a lot more for them. And I think he's a big reason why Scott Brooks trusts those super small lineups where Jeff Green plays the five now because the versatility of having Ariza at the three and Porter at the four just defensively makes things a lot easier. Those guys can guard three positions, and you can have Jeff Green out there at the five who can really, unless you're just playing against the guy. I mean, look, there were moments tonight where he's guarding Blake, and Blake tried to post him up. But that didn't kill them. No, he's a, he's a strong man. He's a yeah. man as well. I mean, Blake had a good game. Don't get me wrong. Blake pretty much got what he wanted. Blake had a very good game. But that being said, Trevor Reza is a guy I was most coaches feel comfortable putting him on Blake. Blake won't be able to just – he will make Blake work for that those ba- baskets. It won't be like an immediate turnaround score um, like it might be against some other people because Trevor Reza is a grown man. Um, despite his kind of maybe thinner frame, no one's going to just bully or punk him. Yeah. That's okay. a good term, punk. Yeah, sure. Any other uh, notes you want to hit on in this game before we go? Because I know you got a flight to catch. Uh, I think I'm good. I'm glad you had me on here, and I love um, I love doing this. It's cool. Yeah. No, I appreciate you uh, you having me on. Any big pieces you have coming out that you want people to hear about? Um, just for the most part, just trade deadline stuff. Um, you know, that's the time of year we all kind of keep our um, – ear to the ground, try to hear what we can about that stuff. So who knows? Maybe I'll be sitting here panicking the person <laughs> are trying to sign uh, uh, Carmelo Anthony when he's bought out by the Chicago Bulls, but we'll see. <laughs> cool. And uh, just for my stuff coming out this week, I'll have, I'll have a piece on Wednesday morning on, on something about the Wizards' pace. And then uh, Thursday night, I had an all-star, a media all-star vote. Did you have a media all-star vote? I did. Yeah, so I had a media all-star vote, too, and Thursday night they're announcing the starter, so I'm going to have a story come out in conjunction with the announcement on why I voted for who I voted for, and then uh, Friday morning I'm going to have a trade trade deadline stuff uh, coming out a little bit early as like a primer for the first two final 13 days before the deadline. So watch out for those on The Athletic. Subscribe to those. Subscribe to Wizards After Dark. Give us five stars on iTunes. Leave a nice review, be a nice person in general, and leave a nice review if you're a nice person. Uh, I will be back. When am I back? Who are they playing next? Oh, man, the Warriors on Thursday. Warriors coming to town Thursday. I'll be back. I haven't secured a guest yet, but I imagine I'll be able to get one because they have 586 They have 1,000 beat writers. Yeah. Beat writers yeah. in the so you'll find one guy. All the, and the cool thing about our fraternity, we all – there for each other. I'm sorry, sororities well because a lot of women do this job well as well. So that's true. That's true. Oh wait, do we have another one? Oh, they won't execute the trade because it's holiday. That is the weirdest thing. You would think that the league office closes. Or, or do you think there'll be somebody in the office just sitting around for in case the trade comes through? Right. Also, you don't need to be in the office. Okay, so Woz just said that they can't do the Mellow trade yet because it's a holiday, so no one's in the office, and it's like. So when the Wizards traded for Trevor Ariza, they did it on a Saturday, and the deal couldn't be approved until a Monday because it was a weekend, and the league office was closed. And it's like, how in 2019 is someone not just being like, okay, I'll take 30 minutes to look at this thing and approve it? Like, that is just the weirdest – it is the weirdest thing. All right, we're ending on that that (laughs) note. I'll be back after the the Warriors game on Thursday, and I will talk to you guys then.